Welcome to Lessons in Life and Love with Rihanna Milne, where we show you how to have the positive mindset for success in all life areas so you can grow beyond difficult transitions and evolve from those challenging moments that may have influenced your past but will not define your future. It's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve as we teach you the exact skills needed to attract and keep a lasting, emotionally healthy and conscious relationship. Now, please welcome your host, certified life dating and relationship coach, trauma professional, and best-selling author, Rihanna Milne. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 2 of Lessons in Life and Love. I am your host and love coach, Rihanna Milne, coming to you from around the world with many different guests and interesting topics. I come out every Friday in podcast format on my website, LessonsInLifeAndLove.com, and on your favorite app. You can find me on iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Himalaya, and all the other ones out there. I'm all about you helping to transform your life in all areas into one that you're passionate about and offer to attract and have the love that you deserve. So you will hear topics about life like parenting and career skills, financial tips, spirituality, and topics about how to have the mindset for success, as well as you'll hear about many topics about love, since I'm on a mad mission to change the way the world loves. I'll be talking to you about how to have an emotionally healthy, evolved, and conscious relationship and how to avoid painful, traumatic relationships, which seem too prevalent today. You'll meet volunteers who are here to have laser coaching for me on a topic of their concerns that will affect many of you as well. You'll also hear guest interviews and hear other topics that I bring in to help you create the life that you desire and to have the love that you deserve. If you have a personal concern at any time, do reach out to me during the week for a life and love transformation discovery session. Just go to my website, rihannamilne.com. Okay, let's dive in, Love Angels and Transformers. Our show today is all about how to help seniors find emotionally healthy love. Today we have Carol, and she's here with us to explain her dilemma. Welcome, Carol, to the show, Lessons in Life and Love. Well, thank you. I'm delighted to be here. I really appreciate you volunteering because your message is so important to so many people out there. So I'm going to ask you, what is your most pressing concern and your deepest desire? I think my most pressing concern is trying to meet a nice gentleman that would add to my life and be somebody that I could share my life with. Okay, perfect. I did ask you to fill out a form with me, which is called the Childhood Trauma List. And this is something I use with all my clients as I do coaching to see what is keeping them stuck or blocked. I know you had shared with me that you've done a lot of summits. You've probably seen me on a lot of those and reading as much as you can to gain a lot of information on your own. And this is what a lot of people do before they go out there to date and hope the best. But then they find that they just aren't getting anywhere or they're not attracting the type of person that they really want. Is that similar for you? Absolutely. Okay. With your childhood trauma checklist, you marked off four areas that you feel that you had as a young child, and just explaining to our listeners, 90% of people are impacted by childhood and love trauma. So this is very common, and that's me included, your coach. And you know we have to look at what had occurred to us in our past and what we may be unconsciously bringing into those dating patterns. Can you go a little mm-hmm. bit deeper into the ones that you named? The first one you named was you experienced some verbal abuse. 
was that watching your parents fight or was that having verbal yelling or put downs to you as well? I think it was basically I probably put downs to me or criticizing me for things. And I know at times my mother said, well, no, but man, I want you because you did this or I did that or I did something and gives me a lot. So I've tried to turn that thought around and feel that that has nothing to do with it and it's not true. That's right. That is not true. And it's very sad. And any of the parents listening out there, please see that these messages, we remember them forever. And you never want to say anything negative to your children. You always want to give them positive messages that they can do what they dream to do and be what they want to be. Because these messages really sting and they stay stuck in our unconscious psyche. Even though we say we don't believe them, you know, consciously we don't, but the pain Mm -hmm. is still there. Now, you also said emotional abuse. Was that mostly wrapped also around your mother or was that also with your father? I think both of them, maybe maybe more with my mother, but I had those other comments from my father. And I guess as a young girl, you relate to your father a lot more because you're looking to a male figure. But yeah. I think my mother did the same thing. It's like she expected perfection. And if I wasn't good enough and, you know, and then my brother was always favored. So it was just a lot of stuff going on. Okay, so you mentioned a couple of the traumas, so our listeners understand there's one called personal trauma, which is trauma number seven, where you feel not good enough. And these could be messages from mom, dad, or siblings, or very often at school or in activities we partake in, we just don't fit in, we feel different. Did that happen to you at school as well? Oh, absolutely, because I I never really got picked for the sports teams because I wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. And um, then sometimes I would occasionally would get on, but it was like I was the last one because I wasn't a great athlete. I mean, I could do things, but not as good as some of the others. So I wasn't chosen. Okay. These messages are constantly coming to her as a young girl. You know, Mm -hmm. if they happen to us at school, we're hoping that at least at home, we're hearing positive messages for mom and dad building us up. Don't worry, you can do it or them finding a a sport or an activity where we do excel. And those perhaps that aren't great in sport teams do better on individual sports like golfing or karate or dance, where you're Mm -hmm. not in this constant competition amongst the masses. And I remember also Carol playing field hockey and I was not the best one on the team. I barely got to play and I was so nervous by the time I got in there that my confidence was shot. But as a dancer, I excelled to be second in the state for disco dance because I loved it and I excelled in it. Mm -hmm. And my mom was fairly critical like yours, where she even said when she saw me at the state final, she was, I didn't know you could dance like that. (laughs) So it's like, of course you didn't, because we were always on the swim team or always on something else. So what do your kids want? You know, that's important for the parents. Yes, you heard a lot of these messages. And this sibling, was this a boy or a girl that was the golden child? It was a younger brother. And of course, boys in my family and probably a lot of in that, that generation and maybe today too, are, were favored. And it's like when I got a car the first time, they let him drive it before I did. And I'm thinking yeah. it's my car and they're letting him drive it before I even get to drive it. Yeah. And that was really hurtful. That is very hurtful. Did he excel in the sports? Did they give him more time and attention and compliments? You know, it's hard for me to remember that far back, but he got to do a lot of things that I didn't do because he was a boy. 
Mm-hmm. So I know he went out and did things because I was supposed to be the good little girl, be seen and not heard. And uh, he just took a lot of chances. And I guess I was afraid to do that because they had their finger on me all the time. And it's like, you know, being in a real strict military family, which my father was sort of retired military. And it was tough. Okay. So that gives me a lot of insight into what's going on in your dating problems today. So really appreciate you sharing that. Carol shared that she had trauma number two, which is verbal put downs, the trauma number three, which is emotional abuse and neglect, trauma number seven, which was personal trauma, both at school and at home, remembering not feeling good enough. And then the last one was sibling trauma, where her brother was perceived to be the golden child and more favored by mom and dad. And we have to look at the generational cues. I'm probably about a generation and a half below you, Carol. I'm I'm 60, and so I'm 10 years under. And I look at the millennials where my children are in their mid-30s, and thank God that the men and women are equal and having equal households today. But yeah, we grew up in very stereotypical homes where the girls were supposed to be, like you said, good little girls. And then by the time I went to Penn State, now in the 70s, we were supposed to do it all. We're supposed to have the job, have the kids, clean the house, do the shopping, everything, which led to mm-hmm. massive burnout. And I'm sure you were a mom in that time period or that generation. And it was very difficult. And that's why a lot of those marriages fell apart because it was very unequal and women were very dissatisfied. Now you married for how long? Almost 20 years. 20 years. Okay. And let me guess, you didn't tell me anything about your ex-husband, nor did I ask you before I got online with you. Most women growing up in your situation, you said your father was military, which tells me strict rules, authoritarian, you moved a lot. So I'd imagine that your ex-husband was also strict, demanding, along with. Was he similar to your father's personality? Yes and no, because he really grew up in a family that didn't really have any structure because his parents were divorced and his mother had multiple sclerosis. So he left and he had to help take care of her. And so he had a rough childhood. He had the ailing mom. Yeah. So, and so he talked about that a lot. And then he ended up, he told me he had polio at one time when he was really young at that stage. So I know number seven, which includes the medical issue. And then what was the dynamic of your marriage life? What led to the divorce? Well, first of all, we grew apart and he just really wasn't accepting. He wanted me to be the way he wanted me to be and fit in a certain mold. And, you know, my hair wasn't this right or this wasn't right or that. Or And it's like, I couldn't please him. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I married my parents in a way. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so your father, where he was strict and had to be done a certain way and demanding, your husband had some of those traits as well. Just but he had no guidelines. I mean, no no structure and no guidelines because with the kids, it's like he didn't want to be the bad guy. I was the bad guy. Okay. I was a disciplinarian and he wasn't. And it was really tough because you can't do both. Right. Did he have love for his mother or anger over his mom for her illness? I don't think he was angry. I just think maybe he was just because he had to help take care of her. That's about all he ever said. He didn't talk about it much. He doesn't like to talk about anything that's uncomfortable. I see. He didn't learn that skill then growing up. I mean, that's a skill. Yeah. And if I ever say anything that bothered me, it's like the intimacy thing. It's like, well, if you tell me that about you, it's like, then I'll think that way. And I don't want to hear about it. So Uh. you could 
really share anything. So that made it tough too. So there were a lot of different issues. There is a lot of different issues. Yeah. And your generation, they really look down upon divorce. A lot of the ladies like you just hung in there as long as you possibly could stand. Absolutely. Yeah. And then usually there's a big bang or something that happens where you say that's it or you're able financially to move on. Yes. A lot of women that come to me have suffered in these long marriages. So it is similar that your husband is similar to your dad and the demanding and the perfectionism that they wanted from you. Uh And and that's very hard. So let's get into the dating patterns and what you're finding out there. Now, you tell me you've done online dating. Which sites are you on? Well, right now I'm on our time and I was thinking about going back on match, but it seems like everything that I'm finding now, the ones that are local really are not interested in the ones that are long distance and some of them are scammers, which we've run around a lot of those. And I just, just really frustrating. So, and then when they're younger, I'm a little hesitant because sometimes I'm wondering what they're looking for or they're scammers because they're too young. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. And it's just frustrating that I'm not getting the results or the responses back that I'd really like from the ones I'm, I feel that are good, better matches. Exactly. Okay. The sites I would recommend since we're on this topic is our time for seniors. And there's another one called silver singles. That's pretty okay. good. Match, they say, is for the very serious and people who are looking for that serious partner, people have to pay to be on there. And I know a lot of people have success with Bumble because women get to choose whether to talk to you or not. The men cannot advance you first. So it's woman owned and operated and women have a little bit more control on who they want to talk to or not talk to. So that might be a good alternative and it picks up the zip code from your location on vacation and would like to meet somebody, you'll meet someone in that area or visiting a friend from back home, something like that. You could put it on and see somebody come up. That might be a fun one for you to try. I do always explain to everyone that online dating is just one way of meeting people. One of the best ways, and we call it four venue levels, okay? And one of the best is the fourth level venue, somebody who spiritually matches you. So Mm -hmm. a church or temple or spiritual group or gathering or a lecture-based consciousness and spiritual living, those types of couples that get together are really the best as far as long-lasting, peaceful, loving relationships. If you can reach out in that community in any way, that may be, are you attending church or temple? Occasionally, yeah. Okay, so... And if you find one that you don't like, try another one that may be a little bit more tuned to what you believe in. A lot of people switch face. They might have grown up Catholic and didn't really take to it. And then they're in another place. Like I go to the Center for Spiritual Living, which Uh is people from all faiths go and they really enjoy it because it's more spirituality than religion. Something like that might be great to try. Level one dating is you can meet anybody anywhere. When you are feeling great about yourself and great about life, So you could meet somebody at like I have at the beach, you're in a parking lot, someone just says hello and you have a conversation, could be in line at Starbucks. Level one is you can meet them anywhere. The free concerts that go on, I mean, I'm in Florida, there's a lot of those. Any senior activities that you want to go to, there is a singles group down here that meets once a month and the people go out and they're there to meet other people specifically. Something Mm -hmm. like that would be called a level two. There's events wrapped around singles that have things in common. So if you like dancing, that's a good one in music. Or there's a hiking club, meetup.com. 
has a lot of great suggestions there. And you find groups that are local that have things in common with you. Well, it could be a book reading club or hiking, whatever. There's a lot of things there, biking clubs and that type of thing. The main thing you want to look at when you're out there dating is, yes, keep the dating up. And I would say go to two to three dates a week. It is a numbers game. People that coach with me, we get very specific in exactly what they're looking for to date. And they know exactly what they're looking for, yes or no. So you could have a lot of dates and you walk away, nice person, but no, not for me. Okay. And we're always spiritual about it. And we say, later, if we don't want to date them, say, you're a very nice person. I just don't think we're quite a match. You know, and then you release them in love, but you just don't ghost them. You don't ignore them. You say something the next day and you say, if you don't want to date them again. Now you had said, how do I pursue a man after getting no response from online? The answer is you don't. You don't pursue anyone that does not write you. Now, if you wrote them and they don't answer back, then you don't pursue. You don't write back a second or third time, okay? But certainly feel free to write people that you find that you have things in common online, right? Say, I see we have dancing and bowling in common. It would be nice to chat. And the second advice is I say, don't get into a chatting relationship. Talk a little bit by chat. Say, would you like to talk by phone? Yes, give them your phone number. If there's someone you don't want to talk to anymore, you can always block that phone number. And then after one phone conversation, set up the date. A lot of people make the mistake of being online forever and then or on the phone or FaceTime and never meeting in person. I would say definitely stay away from long distance relationships. You're right. They're not safe. You can't really check out who they are. If it's someone from your community, it's likely that you might have friends in common or someone else may know them. It's a safer way to date. Do some of these strategies help? Oh, absolutely. I mean, some of them I've tried and I I appreciate all the input. Yeah. Okay. Yes, telling friends that you're looking for people. But the most important thing is focus on making friendships, even if they're not right for that long-term partner. Mm -hmm. Now, I just did a podcast recently on the epidemic of loneliness. I know seniors are wanting to meet seniors. My oldest gentleman that came through my coaching was 73, named Bob. After four divorces, the wives all left him. He's like, I'm afraid I'm going to die alone. I hate my life. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And he signed up for coaching. And we fixed all those bad negative patterns from the past that he was bringing into those dates. And now he's with a lovely lady. I guess he's about 77, 78. Now she's 73 when they met. They keep sending me pictures from their cruises on white night. They're <laughs> lovely together. It's adorable. And he says he's the happiest he's been in his entire life. Really important that we do get rid of that past trauma that stays stuck in our brain, in our body. And what happens, you know, you've heard the term chemistry. Well, I'm attracted to that person. You really have to look beyond the chemistry. What's dangerous about chemistry is it pulls you right into the past and you're attracted to that same toxic type of guy over and over again. That was like your dad, like your husband. And you have to really know what you're looking for and what you're looking to avoid. Equally important, right? So I don't know if you read my book yet, Love Beyond Your Dreams, Break Free of Toxic Relationships to Have the Love You Deserve. But in that book, the first section says who you want to avoid And then if you're getting out there dating, what you want to look for. And then at the end, what is the emotionally healthy, evolved and conscious relationship? What does that look like? Because unfortunately, we weren't taught that. 
by our parents or in schools or even in my master's program in psychology. Knowledge is power, but also the first thing is knowing everything about yourself and not bringing in the negative patterns, number one, not using chemistries to select your mate, instead using the real skills of who do you want as that best friend. It should be you're falling in love with your best friend. Someone you can be totally real with, totally authentically yourself, have a lot of fun and shared activities, you know, kind of like kids, you know, running around and having a good time with them. What area of the country do you live in? I just live north of San Francisco. Oh, okay. Is it far from San Fran? That's a pretty active city. No, I'm just, you know, depending on traffic, could be 15, 20 minutes at the most. Unless it's traffic, it could be an hour. Okay, gotcha. Check into activities in that city. Check your meetup groups in San Francisco. It should be a lot of activities there. Is this where your friends and family are? Is this an area you want to stay in the rest of your life? Well, I've been here all my life. I shouldn't say all my life, but my adult life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess my kids are here right now. Okay. So yes, this is where you would stay. Probably. But, you know, I guess if I met somebody that was someplace else, there's always a possibility or go back and forth or whatever. Gotcha. Well, again, the long distance relationships are difficult. And as we age, it's great to be near your kids and your support system, your friends, your kids. Ideally, you are really looking, and I would really advise you to stay very firm and looking in the area where you can stay, you feel comfortable. Don't go into outside relationships. Even if they seem fantastic, say, this is where I live, this is where I'm going to stay. When I was living in Jersey and moving to Florida, when I was dating, people were like, oh, I'll change your mind in moving to Florida. It's like, no one will change my mind in moving to Florida. And when I got here, it's like, I want my boyfriend from this area right? That's what I want. So then we can enjoy our life right here together. Do keep that in mind. Don't go to long distance relationships. Now, you also said that sometimes you want some help in dealing with the issues when you're triggered. How does that show up? Is it anger? Is it shutting down? How do you respond when your buttons might be pushed? I think it's just frustration more than anything else. And I know with my granddaughter, I was just tell her something and she doesn't listen. And then I tell her again, she says, I know you've told me before. And yes, she knows she's told me before, but she just does the same thing over and over. And it's just real frustrating because I don't know how to deal with it. And I I just get frustrated and I don't like myself. I get upset with myself for doing it that way. I'm sure there's a better way that I could handle it, that it would come out better. Right. What's happening is it's almost like you're recreating your own childhood. Mom or dad, the perfectionist, wants you to do something in a certain way. And because this is still in your brain and your body, you're telling your grandchild, do it a certain way. And she's saying, no, I don't want to. Right? I guess in some ways, yeah. yeah. So we have to look at how the generations and childhood trauma goes through the generations. So yeah, we would want to totally switch up your pattern of communicating what your needs and desires are. And of course, we learn a certain way from what mom and dad model to us or teach us. Mm -hmm. And you know within yourself that didn't work so well. With your granddaughter, we have to do some different things. First of all, you're asking her to share with you and she's probably scared to death if she shares something deep, you're going to go tell her mother. A lot of grandkids would right? I worked in the schools with all kids, grade levels, kindergarten through college. So I kind of know the mind of the children, right? So instead, share with her. So, you know, when I was a teen, it was like this. 
And it's so nice that you guys have these school dances where you can relate with the kids. And we weren't allowed to do that. And when we finally could, my father didn't even let me go. And she might then speak to you about her experience. Well, I go to the dances, Grandma, but I don't really like them so much. Oh, well, why not? Instead of asking her to do that and you're not sharing, maybe you start the sharing and see how she opens up to you. I've tried that and I did that even with my daughter, but it's kind of like they don't want to share anything. They only want to know about what I've done. Okay. And that's, that's a frustrating situation because I'll ask her questions about a trip because she wants, I tell her about my trips and it's like, she says, I don't want to talk about it. Well, when she's sitting down and say, okay, when you're ready to share, I'd love to hear about it. Okay. Just leave the open door, open heart, open mind, open door, but she can come to you. We're talking about a very delicate age of 12 to 14 or 15, where girls are just trying to navigate their own social world. They're not feeling very confident about sharing anything with anybody, maybe their best friends, feeling awkward around boys. They don't really want advice. They would think from us, it's old fashioned. But I always said to my own daughters who are 35 and 36 now, when you want to talk, you know I'm here. Instead of asking questions that seem too personal or private, just saying things like, I use it as a group, like, do your friends go to this dance? Is that something that you would like to do? Do they wear dresses? Is that something you need a new outfit for? Something like that. And mm -hmm. yes, of course, they all love to shop, but you don't <coughs> want to broke into only shopping to buy her things, right? You want to start doing other experiences, like maybe go to the movies together or have your nails done or have right. a lunch, something like that. Kind of switch it up or go for a walk somewhere when you have time. Is she talkative at all in your time together? Sometimes, but she just loves to shop. And I said, we're not shopping. And we've talked about this before. And I said, Let, what activities? And like the other day I picked her up and I said, let's go to the museum. She says, well, you always like to go to the museum because you have a membership there. <laughs> and it's like, that isn't always true. I mean, yes, I do have a membership, but there's other, I figured, you know, we had an hour or hour and a half till dinner. We could go to the museum to okay. do something. She does. She wants to do one thing and that's it. Yeah. Kids love shopping. Suggest other things other than the museum or shopping. So you'll have to brainstorm with things. Maybe you say, I'll tell you what, why don't we do a shopping trip once a month? We'll do a museum trip once a month. And let's come up with other things that we right. can do together. Like I said, she might like to get her nails done together. She loves that, yeah. <laughs> you know, things brag on your granddaughter. This is my beautiful granddaughter, everyone, you know. Yeah. Um, so whatever you feel is bonding and that you two could do together, but just switch it up a little bit and then have her help you with things maybe around the house and say a few errands, like four or five things that, I could use help with honey. And if these all get done in the next two to three weeks, let's do a really nice shopping trip together. So use it as a reward system. Okay. Instead of just giving, 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 let her earn that. I do that with uh, my students in the schools and then with my parents. I call it star chart when they're very young or allowance chart when they're in your granddaughter's age range. Kids mm -hmm. like to earn money and they don't have the ability to really get a job unless it's babysitting or dog sitting, plant watering, or helping around the house. So you can say, you know, you like to shop. If you can help me with the gardening and this and that and do four jobs with grandma, then I'll give you $20 and we can go shopping. You can spend that on whatever you'd like. 
you know, okay. so that's an opportunity to earn money and then spend her own money while she goes shopping versus you spending your own, your money. And well, she, she always seems to have money, so that doesn't seem to be a problem, and I don't know whether they're giving it to her or how she's getting it, but when we go out, it's like she'll pay for stuff if, if I won't pay for it. Oh, okay. All right. So, so maybe she has a way of earning it at home. Or parents. I have no home. idea how it's there because I don't see that, but that's, yeah. you know, I don't know what's going on. Okay. Does uh, her mom have time to take her shopping? Well, she tells me she doesn't, but she seems to have stuff. So I'm sure she does somewhere because she likes to shop too. Okay. She likes to shop too. Sometimes, you know, moms are working two or three jobs and don't have time to take yeah. the kids where they just have an enjoyable afternoon where the kids can just stroll around and shop. They're like, okay, we're going to this store. We're going to this store. You're going to get what you need. We're out of there. So that's not really enjoying the process. I don't know if it's more about that where she can just have that leisurely afternoon with you and look uh -huh. around where she can't do that with her mom. Okay. So that might be part of it. Well, that's okay. great. Thanks. Sure. Flirting techniques. Okay. So flirting techniques is really just loving life and being smiling and open. If you think the man looks nice or smells nice, tell him, wow, I love your cologne. You smell wonderful. It just should be real, Carol. Okay. That doesn't have to be a line or anything phony. Just be in that moment. And if he stands up to offer you with a chair, tell him, well, thank you. And smile. And it's just being kind. And like I said, open heart, open mind, relaxing, down to earth, not demanding, being very gracious and thankful. They buy you a meal or an appetizer or a drink, you know, thank you so much. Just being kind and loving and being a pleasure to be around. That's the best flirting techniques I can really tell you. Okay. And it works, you know. Gentlemen really like that happy woman. You don't want to bring up anything negative. You know, mm -hmm. If they ask you about your past partner, just be brief and to the point. Uh, yes, we were married over 20 years, and I decided to leave the marriage, you know, several years ago. And you left as friends. We have wonderful children, and then that's it. You don't need to go into anything more. Right. Okay. What other questions do you have for me? No, I think those are great. And I mean, your suggestions, even about the sites, I mean, I volunteer, so I'm out trying to meet people doing that and just doing whatever they have functions going on. I offer to help with that. So I have That's those opportunities and it's been fun for me recently because it's something new and I like that. Great. Yeah. It's always nice to have some purpose that makes you happy too in life. So I love right. that you're volunteering. It's a beautiful thing. Also keep in mind, where do men like to go in your generation? I love old car shows. Like, I'm a huge Barrett-Jackson fan. As a matter of fact, I was on the stage of Barrett-Jackson in West Palm Beach a few weeks ago, and that's like the millionaire wow. stage. You can't get on that stage unless you qualify. But wow. I was brought up there by a bunch of people that I met from Toronto just by saying hello, which is my favorite technique. Say hello to people. You never know where, what's going to happen. I'm up on the stage, and then later I get bought a beautiful dinner with these groups of, of people, and I had a wonderful time. Right. Um, wasn't expecting that. So, you know, you just never know where you get just by saying hello. So car shows have a ton of seniors because I love to see the cars from the past, the 50s, the 60s, right? Where else? Street fairs, art shows. You're talking about museums. Right. I agree with you there. Any concerts, 
that bring in the old bands like I know Styx is playing like a Styx knockoff band and a Chicago knockoff band is playing in Florida next week. If you are listening and you're not in a state where there's much of anything going on, Florida really caters to the seniors here. We always have tons of things to do. But I would think San Francisco would too or any larger city. You just have to find them, seek them out and just attend. Seek out what's going on in your hometowns. Try the meetup groups. Stay very close to the events in the newspaper. Lectures are great. Anything that's healing to seniors and senior living. Health fairs where they go into different topics about a very healthy life and lifestyle. Those types of things. Mm -hmm. They're doing a lot of the right things. With the coaching, I go very deep into the childhood past so that we make sure that nothing is coming out on those dates. We want to make sure we call living in the light is where there's positivity and you're feeling really happy about yourself and life and you're an amazing date, bringing joy and and this aura of love to your dates. And then the negative, fear-based, high anxiety, oh, I'm anxious that this date is going to be the one. Is he going to be the one? They can tell that, right? Yeah. And they can also tell in your messaging back and forth on the chat, like if you're desperate or needy. So that's why I say you don't chase anyone. God provides. If your man's out there somewhere, it's just a matter of you two meeting now. Right. So you go out dating with that, the idea, I'm just here to meet another friend. And if it escalates to more, then that would be amazing, you see. It's all the approach, the attitude of, oh, nice to meet you. But not chatting too long, not emailing back and forth, not phone call after phone call. One phone call at the end of it, if you like what you hear, say, so you want to get together? I hear there's a free concert Friday night. Do you ever go to those? They're pretty fun. And you can recommend something. Okay. Okay. So I would be on like three different sites all at once. You can do Bumble, Our Time, maybe POF. I'm not sure about your age group, how many are on there. I've been on that, but I haven't had a lot of success on that. Okay. The one thing about it is it's huge numbers because it's free. Almost everyone goes on that one, then they'll pick one or two more. To have two or three going at one time is not a bad thing. Bumble can look at quickly, and then maybe one paid site, uh, our time, I would suggest, or Silver Singles, and then maybe PLF just to see who's there. Because I have seen very professional people on there, as well as everyday people. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, keep, I'll pursue that a little bit more then because I haven't put a lot of energy into it. I've just gotten a little burnt out and I guess tired of doing this. Well, again, keeping a positive, I'm just out to make new friends and just keep at it. It's nice to meet new people and you never know that could be date 210 is going to be the one. Exactly. But you always want to show up with a great attitude or you just don't do it at all. If you combined it, the online dating with these other areas of meeting people, even by just saying hello, right? Okay. You meet amazing people. You're a beautiful lady. I'm sure you always dress sharp when you go out there. I tell all my ladies and men, make sure you're dressing sharp, even if you just go to the grocery market. You can meet them anywhere. Right. You always want to look sharp. And younger people, stay out of your phones. Look up. Be engaged with the world. That fabulous person could be standing right there in produce next to you. <laughs> you just never know. Okay. Does that help you to go on forward? Yeah. For a while? Well, you gave me more of an incentive. Yes. And I appreciate that. That's great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Carol, for being with us. I really appreciate you sharing your story 
And for you listening out there, if you'd like to email me any tips you have for Carol, I'll be sure to forward them to her at rihannamilne at gmail.com, especially if you're in the San Francisco area. And if you'd like to be a volunteer on Lessons in Life and Love, do email me there too, rihannamilne at gmail.com. And right now, Carol, I'm going to say goodbye to you. And again, thank you very much for helping me change the way the world loves. I truly thank you for all you do. Thank you, Carol. Okay, love angels and transformers. That's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And I thank Carol for coming on and telling her story and being a volunteer in her laser coaching today. Please do tell your friends and your loved ones about the new season and how it might help them too. And to have us join us next week. I appreciate you sharing the love and you helping me change the way the world loves. Please take a moment to give the show a five-star rating and any comments. And anything you'd like to hear as far as a topic or a guest on the upcoming shows of Lessons in Life and Love. Again, you can see all the show archives on the website, LessonsInLifeAndLove.com, and on your favorite apps. Remember, you can reach out to me during the week at RihannaMilne.com for that $47 one-time introductory offer where we go over your past childhood traumas and how they may be impacting you today, keeping you stuck in life or love. And that is a $500 value. As always, I am here to help you have the life that you desire and the love that you deserve. Have a very blessed and fabulous week. We want to thank you for joining us on this episode of Lessons in Life and Love with Coach Rihanna Milne. Your personal journey of life and love transformation has only just begun. Go to RihannaMilne.com for more resources. And if you're really ready to take action to improve your life or love situation, apply now for a Life and Love Transformation Discovery Session with Rihanna, a $500 value. Just contact Rihanna with your questions and to tell her your story at RihannaMilne.com. And remember, it's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve.